Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is December 20th. We're just five days away from Santa and Aaron Rodgers beating down the Browns, which I'm super excited about, ruining my Christmas uh, day. But uh, we've got Browns football on right now as we are recording. Uh, not a lot of game. Well, I guess we've got most of the games in the book, but we still have three games left to go, which is just weird to say on a monday four games no three right minnesota well cleveland and and the raiders are. it's over the raiders are gonna win i'm giving up already uh no so technically yes at the time of this recording we still have four games left one in uh into the third quarter but uh man what a what a weird weekend for the fantasy superstars. Uh, we're going to dive into all that. First off, though, we would like to tell you guys we are proud to be a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at PigskinPodNet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN, which we hashtag when we go live. A ton of great podcasts, not just football, baseball, soccer, hockey, wrestling. They have got it all there. Gentlemen, before we jump into the recap of Week 15, how are you doing on this magical Monday? Man, I've got three more days of work left after this, and I can't hardly wait. Just found out. I've been talking with my wife, and she got put on a tour uh, for the OSU Alumni Association next June going to Ireland. And so now we're calculating how am I going to get to spend 12 days in Ireland in June, <clears throat> trying to figure that out. Uh, if I do make it over there, I got tentative plan set up to meet up with uh evan brown old ff evolution evan lucian so he's uh my last day there is going to be about an hour from where he lives and so we're kind of just trying to work that all out so it's pretty exciting christmas so far european podcaster it didn't happen oh i know (laughs) that's my whole deal is like if we're going to be there he's going to need to get himself a second mic we're going to go live yeah, and you know, I I love how everybody's excited. You know, they have one or two days left. When you work for a religious nonprofit, um, Christmas takes on a different meeting. As you guys are settling in for a nice Christmas Eve off, I'll be settling in for 15, 16 hour workday. I'm going to text uh, you a picture of me sitting in front of my fireplace with my bare feet and the uh, fireplace in the background. Since I'm in a customer, since I'm in a customer service role on on Christmas Eve, not only will I not have time to see it, uh, I'm sure I'll be getting uh, 
some other kind of responses. But hey, at least Santa remembered to come a week early for Detroit. Yes, he did. Very, very true. And I apologize for those of you watching live. If I seem disinterested in the podcast, I promise you it's not the podcast. It's just I am watching the Browns game. So I'm trying to juggle both. Wait, I thought you just said you had given up on them. I did, but it looks like they just got a massive third down stop. Now, I am probably behind a little bit, so don't ruin anything for me, but at least it looks like it at the you moment. You want me to tilt, tilt the screen? It looks like they're about to punt, which is awesome. I just we just need a win, baby. Come on, Nick Mullins. Like, he's, you know, if you actually look at it, his first 16 games, he's only behind Patrick Mahomes in passing yards, fantasy points. Like, let's go. It's only because Kevin Stefanski's not there. All right, so let's jump into the Saturday game. This uh, The Browns-Raiders game that is playing right now should have aired with, and that is the Colts-Patriots. Did not go the way I thought it was going to go. I thought it'd be a close game. Colts end up beating the Patriots 27-17. Matt, tough game for Mac Jones. Are the Patriots still the favorites in the AFC East? You know, I really liked how Buffalo played, and those two teams hook up again. Uh, this next week. So I think that's going to, you know, now there's only a, a game separating them. If um, the Patriots were to win, I think they pretty much got the East um, locked up. But the other one to watch now, only two games back are the Dolphins who actually beat the Patriots earlier in the season and they will play again at the end of the season. Uh, you know, seven weeks ago, that didn't look like it would matter. Now it might matter a lot. I don't know if it's my stubbornness sticking with my preseason pick, but I still think Buffalo ends up winning um, the East. I think Patriots have played really well. Um, they played a lot better than I thought, not as not better than what Dennis thought because he was all in on them early. But um, I think they'll still be in the playoffs, but I, I just have this gut feeling that Buffalo manages to win the East. Did they, they made that fake punt? Yeah. They <laughs> <laughs> the uh, this is turned you know, into the sadness podcast. The so, so that I like that what the Patriots are doing. I was surprised that they lost. Now they don't have much in the way of, of wide receivers, um, but we thought going into the season with them spending big money on tight ends that they were going to utilize their two tight ends uh, like years of yore. Uh, but for some reason, they only seem to be able to get Hunter Henry going. And and they didn't run the ball like I expected that they would either. So as I was kind of watching the game, I missed uh, uh, Taylor's long touchdown at the end. I was just head hopped in the car and was driving back from Cleveland. I, I heard him talking about it on the radio, but I didn't actually get to see it. But, you know, they the Patriots, if they don't beat Buffalo – uh, you know, I think it, it gets a lot harder for them in the playoffs. I'm Turnover, baby. That. This is going to uh, be a really, really bad podcast. Anybody watching live is going to understand all this podcasting. You're just going to be listening to this and be like, what the hell is wrong with these guys? Browns get a big turnover right there. That is massive. Yeah, I... Uh, I actually still think it is the Patriots. I really do. Uh, I mean, I like the way Buffalo played as well this weekend, but the Patriots have been the more consistent team down the stretch. I mean, give it to the Colts. They've been playing really well, too. Uh, I think that 
the more interesting thing for me was you would think the Patriots came into this knowing that Jonathan Taylor was like the only player they had to stop. And for the most part, I think they did uh, the, the big play at the end really kind of made him look like he had a much better day than he did. Uh, but I, I still think the Patriots overall are the best team uh, in the AFC East. Uh, but Dennis, I mean, you mentioned it, you didn't get a chance to see it. Uh, it was a great run. It was the only really thing I saw of this game. I took my wife out to a to a dinner a Saturday night, so we caught that as we were going to pick up our kids. We caught that run. Uh, I was thrilled. A lot of shares to Jonathan Taylor, uh, so I was very happy to see that. But big run, 60-yard touchdown run at the end of the game. I mean, does he deserve to be in MVP conversations now, Dennis? You know, I think you have to define what's in the discussion. It is a uh... – by and large, a quarterback award anymore. So, well, I think he gets some courtesy talk. He's not putting up the kind of season that I think would vault him into a legitimate uh, candidacy. You know, he's going to, it has to be a year where, you know, you're pushing a thousand and a thousand or you're pushing 2,000 yard season. Uh, your team is is dominating. You know they're they're not even in first place in their division. I don't think yet. Uh, so for for him to be vaulted into that discussion um, and overtake quarterbacks, it ends up. You know, he's just not statistically having the type of season that would do that. I'm going to go another way. I... Derek Carr injured, may not return. He got injured on that play. It's a good thing I think I already advanced. You know, you know who really enjoyed the Hunter Henry performance uh, was this guy with Hunter Henry and my Scott Fish lineup. Um, everybody needed to hear that, I'm sure. I, I'm going to go the other way. The Colts had kind of a brutal schedule, and they had so many injuries early on, and they were decimated. And Jonathan Taylor really carried them, despite the fact that his coach sometimes forgot he played for them. Uh, he's at 15, 18 in yardage, 17 touchdowns on the ground right now. There is still, to me, an outside shot. Did Derek Carr die? Because the look on your face. No, nah, his ankle. His his ankle was going one way as his leg was going another. He walked off the field, nah. though, so I'm assuming he's going to be okay. There we go, Chief. Um, I think there's an outside shot that Taylor could get to 2,000 yards because we have that extra week, which would help. But I think – He's, you're right. It's probably a long shot. He should be in the discussion. If the Colts come back and end up winning the AFC South, despite that poor start and despite being swept by the Titans, I think Jonathan Taylor gets it. Because let's be honest, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady have won before. They're probably the front runners. There's uh, Matthew Stafford. I would love to see him get in there. If the Rams can get up and win the NFC West, I think they can make a case for him. But no one has been perfect and no team has been dominant. And no one has meant more to the success of their team, I would argue, than Jonathan Taylor in that offense. Because what else do the Colts really have? Yeah, I mean, I but it's, he... it's not about who's the most valuable player to their team. It's about who's the most valuable quarterback to the media. So I typically would agree with that. It's going to look really weird if Taylor gets to 2,000 yards and they give it to him after Derrick Henry did it last year and they didn't give it to him. The one thing I think could lean in Taylor's favor is kind of what we talked a lot about with uh, the Heisman Award last year and that no quarterback really stepped up. 
I don't know that any quarterback has really stepped up. Like I thought it was going to be Brady again, based on what he's doing to his age. But that performance last week, I think is really going to drop him or last week, yesterday is going to drop him a little bit. And Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he's missed a game and everything going on with the COVID stuff. Like I know that that's not supposed to matter, but I kind of feel like it might. Taylor gets to 2000 yards and carry like, the Colts still do they still have a sh- no? They don't have a shot to win their division. But if they get into the playoffs, they do, they do? have a shot. They're one game back with three games to play. All they oh, need okay. to do is get one. They have to get one up on the Titans, and they, I mean, they have the the path to do it. If they take out Arizona this week, which I think is very possible given the way they're tracking, t- Tennessee has some hope in the form of Derrick Henry potentially coming back for the playoffs, but they don't have a lot of hope right now because Julio Jones looks washed. They don't have any other weapons and their defense is not some dominating force. I think that there is a reasonable shot that the Colts went out and win that division. I mean, if they, if they win that division, I think he gets it because he has been that offense. So it's going to be definitely interesting to see what happens with that MVP award, because I do agree with Dennis. Like it almost always leans toward quarterbacks, but it's just like it was Kyler earlier this year. Then he missed five games or four games and hasn't really looked looked back. You know, Aaron Rodgers has looked good, bad, missed a game because of uh, was it COVID? I think. Yeah, he yeah. got COVID. Yeah, because of COVID, his immunity just didn't stick. I guess. Yeah, I guess not. So you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with this uh, this uh, and the MVP this year. Dennis, why don't you tell us a little bit about Dynasty Nerds GM? You are muted. Myself. Let me unmute myself before I unmute myself. So we're headed into Dynasty season. This is where, you know, all the great Dynasty players, this is where you start to make your moves, where you you get things done, you lay the groundwork, for your subsequent championship runs. So do you want to dominate your Dynasty League? The Dynasty GM from Dynasty Nerds is the tool you need to get the job done. It integrates seamlessly with your MFL Sleeper, Flea Flicker, and FFPC leagues. Currently, there's going to be more leagues added here in the next few months. Use the League Analyzer to identify your team's strengths and weaknesses. That way, it'll match you up. It'll show you how you, you know, are you strong at tight end and somebody else is really strong at wide receiver and, but they're weak at tight end. I was just looking my, my opponent next week in one of my leagues on his team, he literally has Kelsey Andrews and Kittle. And it's like, dude, how do you get all three of those tight ends in dynasty? Um, but you know, if I need a tight end, which I do in that league this off season, I'm going to be like using that and trying to match up and see if I can go get me a tight end. Uh, well, I mean, I've got Dalton Schultz, but I mean, he's no uh, Kelsey or Andrews. So put it together, use the trade calculator, put together league winning deals. A player shares tracker, keeps track of your roster ship, get exclusive rankings and more. Use code roundtable for 15% off the monthly or annual subscription. Bundle with the Dynasty GM, bundle the Dynasty GM with the Nerd Herd and save even more with code roundtable. All right, so next up, we have got the Bills beating up the Panthers 31-14. to Matt, anything to take away from the Panthers' performance here? You know, they're not a good bet for the fantasy playoffs. Um, you know, we talked about not having a lot of faith in Chuba Hubbard and 
That seems to be bearing out. They're not giving him a ton of carries, but I mean, if the one positive, I guess, is that Cam Newton got a lion's share of the work and was able to score some points. So, so you're doing okay there, but I don't know how good you're feeling about DJ Moore right now or Robbie Anderson either. It's kind of hit or miss. I don't think that's a touchdown. Yes, I agree with you. I, um, I just, uh, I'm avoiding. Well, I feel like we talked, we've talked about this the past couple weeks. Like they didn't have a great playoff schedule. Cam Newton, you know, he's over there. Both feet, both feet, both feet, both feet. Oh my God, that might actually be a touchdown. You've got to be kidding me. God, I love the chief. I mean, when he's good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you on that. Dennis, Devin Singletary had a big game. Is this a good sign down the stretch? Well, if Brian Dable doesn't outsmart himself and start giving a different running back all the carries, you know, in the last five games, uh, Singletary's touches, he had 23 yesterday, then 11, 10, 16, 7. Add the couple weeks before, he had 8 and 14. It, it just isn't consistent. Now, Joe Biscaglia, I believe that's how you say his name. He's a, a Bills reporter for The Athletic. He said that the Bills clearly trust Devin Singletary to be their lead back. The thing is, is what exactly does that mean? Does that mean, you know, between the 20s, uh, is he going to continue to get, like yesterday he got a lot of carries, but he didn't get much in the way of passing work. So if he can get 20 touches somehow, whether it's 10 carries, 10 targets, you know, 16 and four, 16 and five, something like that. I think then Singletary can do it. He's got a little bit of shiftiness to him. He's probably doesn't quite have the long speed that you want in a feature back, but he can get the job done. And if they trust him to not put the ball on the ground and make plays, I think that's definitely a good thing. Yeah. And I like Singletary. I'm with you. I think Buffalo needs to really pick a running back and commit to them and try and get them going because this, you know, seven or eight carries among three guys isn't getting it done. And it may help that Josh Allen has that turf toe that they're trying to protect him from being their power runner right now. Yeah. I mean, if, if they actually do commit to him, I love it. My fear is, do you really want to trust that now going into week 16 and then, them do exactly what you guys just said and, then Zach Moss gets six carries and Matt Breida gets six carries. Like that's, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Uh, you know, I, if you need so it, get Frank I like, out of the boxing ring and give him six carries. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, there is a place where I have to start Devin Singletary just because of injuries and, you know, I don't love it. So hopefully they do continue to commit to him, but it's one of those things where I think. The place for me better. was my Scott Fishbowl team yesterday. <laughs> I mean, I've yeah. got a, I'm going to be subbing Singletary in for Leonard Fournette the next couple yeah. weeks in one of my playoff teams. Hoping for the best there. The Lions, as Matt mentioned earlier, get their first win, 32-12. Matt, should we be concerned about the Cardinals? First of all, how dare you shortchange them? That was their second win. They got another win? I'm sorry. I apologize. They beat, I don't they beat uh, the Vikings. Two wins, <laughs> two, wins two wins and a tie. Two wins and a tie. Actually, they are actually not the first pick in the NFL draft anymore. <laughs> uh, but yes, I uh, the Cardinals losing to the Rams. You can pass it. I think you know the Rams are a good team, and that was that was a fierce divisional battle. Going on the road, a place where they've been perfect, and getting trucked by 
the Lions, who were shorthanded. You know, there was no Jamal Williams. There was no Swift. There was no Hawkinson. There was just Craig, Mother F, and Reynolds. And they just got trucked. I love what I saw from Amon Ross St. Brown. But the Cardinals, they could not get a lot going. And DeAndre Hopkins isn't walking through the door the rest of the regular season to bail them out. They they need to try to right the ship in a hurry or else they're going to slide pretty far down in the playoffs and not be somewhere they wanted to be. Yeah, it's a, I, I love the Lions. I'm a lifelong Lions fan, as you can tell by my uh, Browns jersey. Um, they, they're playing hard for Dan Campbell, which is good. You know, Dan Campbell comes with a rah-rah attitude, like you kind of perceive a college coach to sometimes, but he's pulling it off. He's connecting with the players. Uh I hope that he can develop accountability and, and hold players accountable because historically that's always been the problem with those rah-rah coaches, their players coaches, and then accountability goes out the window because you're not, you're too friendly and you're not holding the players accountable and then it falls apart. I love what Campbell's doing. I think that, you know, Amon Ra St. Brown is starting and, and I'll, I'm going to reference this, player probably numerous times when talking about some of the players we're going to talk about, but he's starting to come on like peak Jarvis Landry. You know, you're not too worried about, you're not worried about him going and catching a 30 yard, 40 yard pass. Occasionally he's going to do it, but for the most part, he's going to get open within 15 yards. And that's, that's what he's doing. He's making the most of those targets in eight passes for 90 yards, only 11.3 uh, yards per catch. But, he, you know, he, he did catch eight. That's 17 and six. That's what, 23 PPR points. And you'll take that all the damn time. I don't know if Jared Goff, how long he's going to be around. But if they keep putting pieces around him and Hawkinson comes back good and Swift comes back good, and that, that offensive line was was built to play. They've got a really good offensive line. So I I like what they're doing with Amon Ross and Brown. Yeah, I said earlier, I like what they were doing too. Yeah, I, I picked him up. Obviously wasn't able to be on the show with you guys Friday, but he was a guy that I, I actually picked up and put in my lineups. He might actually help me survive Travis Kelsey. Uh, I'm actually winning that right now, but uh, we'll talk about that at the end of the show. Cause I got to get your guys' opinions on if you think I end up coming with what he's got Hunter Renfro going tonight. And that's helping that he is not having a great game right now. So I, um, I am very excited about that. I mean, I picked him on Ross St. Brown up. Uh, he was a guy I really liked, you know, we talked a lot about it in our draft coverage here at Camps to Canton when he got drafted by the Lions. I thought it was a great landing spot for him. Went a little bit later than I thought he was going to. I think he's got a shot to be a really good slot weapon for them. And we talked a lot about it. It seemed like that's what Goff loved when he had that that connection with Cooper Cup there in, in L.A. You know, if he stays the Lions quarterback for another year or so, I think that can continue to develop, and then we'll see what happens. Uh, but I, I like him on Ra. I like his game. I think he's going to be really good for the Lions down the stretch. One of those key pieces they have that they can build around. The Dolphins just keep winning, guys. I mean, 31 to 24. They are, as Matt mentioned earlier, in the thick of it for the playoff race. What do we think about rookie Zach Wilson long term here, Matt? I mean, I feel like I, you know, I talked a lot about this earlier. 
All those other quarterbacks have looked much better in this offense than him. And now you've got the beat reporters saying that up in New York. Yeah. And it's really, it's really unfortunate down the stretch here where you want to get a good look at him and see, you know, toward the end of the rookie year, if he's picked anything up, Michael Carter's kind of working his way back from injury, but they lost Elijah Moore, no Corey Davis. They need more weapons. They've had injuries along the front line as well. I don't think he's been great. Um, I think, honestly, my assessment is he needs more time. From a dynasty perspective, I feel like he and Trevor Lawrence might be by lows because both of them had a lot of hype from people in in rookie drafts. And they're probably still going to be the guys for their franchises who are going to have high picks again and who are going to have a chance to build more around them. I actually like Wilson's situation slightly better because he, you know, we liked Robert Sala as a coach. We liked what they were doing. I like Elijah Moore. I think that was a home run pick when he gets back healthy. I think that's going to, that's going to give him, I like the pieces that they had in place with Michael Carter. They could actually build up and be poised to take a second year leap. It's so hard with some of these, quarterbacks we were very hyped about the five first round picks this year and you know other than mac jones it's been a lot of growing pains yeah i think the thing i like most about what the jets did is picking elijah vera tucker and then adding him to makai becton so they've got two building blocks on their offensive line i agree with you matt i think that that Lawrence and Wilson are both, if I'm a middle of the road uh, uh, dynasty team right now, I'm looking to see who's got Zach Wilson and, you know, can I pick him up cheap? There's going to be some people that are frustrated and scared. And I I mean, you, you want to take chances right now on, on guys like that. And, and if you can get them at at below what you think their future cost is going to be, that's really, really a steal there if you can get in there. Uh, you know, they, they, like you said, they need to add weapons on both sides of the ball. If that defense plays better, uh, you know, they add something to go along with more. We've seen more already. So it's, it's, it's like right now it's, it's like the fruit is almost ripe. And, and it's like now you want to go buy the orchard. Everything is almost ready. Go buy the orchard. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to disagree with you guys on this one. Uh, he was my fifth-ranked quarterback for a reason. I did not think he would. I didn't buy the hype. And I mean, I, I, I love Felix. Dude is extremely smart. I think he's one of the more underrated voices in this community. I thought he was dead wrong on Zach Wilson. We had, we had many arguments on, on him versus Fields. I don't – Zach Wilson has not shown me anything this year. Like, I'll agree with you guys on Lawrence. He's a buy low. He's had some good moments. I think a lot of that was probably Meyer more and Bevel more than anything else. Like, that offense has looked good with other quarterbacks in it. It has looked nothing close to that with Zach Wilson. Like, I, I don't know how much of that then you can say as well. Like, maybe, Matt, you're right. He needs a little bit more time. But you know what? Everybody said the same thing about guys like Fields and a lot, especially Fields. I mean, dude dropped to 11th in, in the in the draft. He's gone out there and had better games than Zach Wilson already, and he's missed time as well with an injury, with the ribs and everything. So I just, I'm not paying for Zach Wilson. I mean, maybe if you can buy low as in like a third-round pick, but nobody's selling Zach Wilson for a third-round pick right now. You're having to more than likely at least give a first 
not doing it. I just, I, I don't know that he has a, he has the upside that a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields have, because uh, those are the only two that I think you can probably buy low on now with Zach Wilson. Man, Duke Johnson. I mean, he's back, baby. Good old Dukey. I missed him from the Browns, man. I was surprised that he had this game. Matt, are we are we buying in? Are we buying into this right now? Uh, no. Uh, talk about a team that has commitment issues to the running back position. It's the Miami Dolphins. I thought, I mean, Gaskin only got 10 carries, average 5.4 yards per carry. I think it might be more of a product of those guys coming off the COVID list and not being up into full shape. I, I'm not ready to put Duke Johnson in a playoff lineup just yet. I mean, there's a reason he's been sitting on a couch eating Cheetos for 14 weeks. Now, I know he's bounced around a couple practice squads, but I, I don't know. It might be better if he had just been at home as opposed to be on three different teams' practice squads throughout the season. I, the hard thing for me is when I, if you look at their profiles, I mean, Duke Johnson is just a four year older Miles Gaskin. Like they're almost the same exact size, almost the same exact. Uh, metrics coming out as far as speed and burst and explosion and strength. They're, they're very close to uh, being the same back. It's just one is older. And maybe that's part of the reason they brought him in with Gaskin out is that they are like, well, we know what this guy can do in our offense. So they found somebody that, you know, looks that looks and runs like him. I don't know. I don't think he's, going to be a long he's not going to be anything more than a headache the rest of the season i don't think i'm buying in you just mentioned it he's he's like miles gaskin miami for whatever reason is like refused to give miles gaskin the ball for whatever reason i don't know if he's upset the coaches if he's you know not doing it in practice look the one thing you can say about duke johnson he was the he still is i believe the leading rusher at the Miami University, the U. Where's he playing right now? In Miami, baby. It's just that Miami factor. That's all it is. For whatever reason, when Duke Johnson's playing in Miami, he is absolute fire. I am trusting. I'm all back in on Duke Johnson. The Cowboys beat the Giants 21-2-6. Dennis, the Cowboys win, but what do we think about their offense for the fantasy playoffs? You know, they grinded out a win against an inferior team. I, I would have... I would have felt a lot more comfortable if they'd have put up 40. Uh, it, I think that right now, you know, Dak needs to keep thinking positive. Uh, hopefully they they kind of quell that talk about, oh, he's in a slump, and he kind of starts to put it together. But a lot of it is going to come down to Tyron Smith. If Smith is playing, Dak plays better. Uh You've got it's that security blanket up there in front keeping guys from hitting you. Um, Zeke is looking a little bit better, uh, you know, wearing the brace and kind of letting that knee heal. But they've got weapons. It's it all comes down to me, in my opinion. It's gonna it's all about the offensive line giving Dak enough time. Yeah, and they're a good team. They have three receivers, a tight end, and two running backs. They're using really well. 
they don't have the toughest schedule. They've got Washington next week, and then Arizona, which we don't know what Arizona you're going to get right now, and then they end with Philly. I think they're going to win a lot of these games. I think in terms of fantasy playoff production, it's going to be a nightmare because you don't know which one or two guys is going to – like yesterday, if you rolled Dalton Schultz out there, you're jazzed because you got 20 points. If you put C.D. Lamb out there, you're like, well, I got 13, so it could be worse. If you rolled Amari Cooper or – you know, fortunately, Zeke got a touchdown because he got out carried and out gained by Tony Pollard. It's just they have so many guys and, and they're trying to keep everybody healthy and fresh. I, I just don't know that you can rely on huge performances. Agreed. I just hope Zeke keep, keeps scoring touchdowns because I need it. I need it badly. Dennis, I'm sorry, not Dennis. Matt, the Giants struggle again. If Jones is out for the year, should the team take a serious look at Jake Fromm? Yeah, and they they said today he's likely not coming back. Mike Lennon, serviceable NFL backup, um, he has been somewhat dreadful. I saw a few people I follow who uh, on Twitter who are Giants fans talking about why not look at Jake Fromm, see what he's got. And honestly, the Giants are going nowhere. Um, if anything, losing helps their draft pick p- position. I don't need to see Mike Glennon roll out there and throw three interceptions a game. I'd be just as happy watching Jake Fromm go out there and throw three interceptions and a couple fumbles a game. I don't think it really matters in terms of their weapons. They, I think it's worth taking a look. I mean, what do they got to lose rolling Fromm out there? I mean, if unless they're starting to think, well, he might actually be better than Glennon and actually hurt us when it comes to a draft pick. I don't know that that's going to be the case. Uh, now, Fromm is going to have to do better than complete 50% of his passes. He doesn't have, you know, a rocket arm that he can afford to have that lower completion percentage. He's going to need to to execute a little bit better if he's going to, you know, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Colt McCoy, but just not as good. Yeah, I, I, he's not nearly as good as Colt McCoy, and I'm not even that big a fan of Colt McCoy. I mean, he's, you know... Uh, I, I, I don't have any issue with them trying to go for or see what they've got in him. He's not a franchise quarterback, though. Like, you're you're evaluating him as a backup for whoever your future quarterback is. Jake Fromm, in my opinion at least, is not a long-term NFL franchise starting quarterback. The Steelers beat the Titans 19-13, to Matt. The Titans fall. Are they in danger in the AFC South? I think they are. I mean, the Colts are really surging. It's going to come down to kind of the the last couple of games of the season. The Titans just are are beat up. They're lacking uh, elite playmakers or playmakers at all. And they actually, the next two weeks, have teams that have a lot to play for. They are playing the 49ers, who are hot, who are trying to get into the NFC playoffs. And then they play the Dolphins, who are hot, who are trying to get into the AFC playoffs. Those are going to be stiff tests. And if the Colts keep winning, they have a chance. You know, they're only one game back now. A couple more losses for the Titans. They could get leapfrogged. They close with the Texans. But the Texans, you know, are we saw are no slouches. They actually beat uh, the Tennessee Titans earlier in the season. So this is not a great closing situation or a closing stretch for this team. I mean, the Titans really miss A.J. Brown. I mean, it is just so... There's nobody. And if you there. watch the games, they've been missing AJ Brown all season. Yeah. There's, there's nobody there that brings what he has to the field for that team. And uh, 
any hopes that Julio could, you know, be the one one B kind of guy there is clearly out the window. And so without Henry, without Brown, you know, Deontay Dante Foreman has looked pretty good. I, I I'd like to see him go somewhere next year where he's not Derrick Henry's backup. Uh, where he can get a shot and, and actually be the guy. He'd look great down in Houston, you know, maybe let the Texans roll him out there for a season or two. He was in Houston, wasn't he? He I was. was they drafted him. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. And then, he, then he blew out his Achilles, and yeah. basically it took, you know, that's a two-year to get back from kind of injury for a running back. I also said he didn't have great work ethic when he was there. Yeah, so. well, he was a kid. You know? Well, maybe, I mean, maybe that's changed. Maybe maturity has helped. Yeah. So I, you know, they, Tennessee needs to bring, they're going to, they're at the point now, they're going to have to, they're like my seven and seven dynasty teams. You know, we got to make a call. Are we going all in or are we breaking it down? We're going to tear it down. And I think they're, they're with a 35 year old quarterback that isn't, uh, doesn't have that Tom Brady longevity. I think it's time for them to tear it down. Why is everybody getting hurt? It's just really upsetting me. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys. I don't. Uh, you don't just care. channeled your inner That's Tom it. Brady from last night. No, yeah, well, I mean, hurt. I'm not okay. Garrett, Garrett's grabbing his groin now. He's in the medical tent. Like this is not. This is not. This is not good, guys. This is not. This is not good. Uh, yeah, that's, I don't think the Titans are even going to win the AFC South. So, yes, I definitely think they're in danger. It is going to go to the Colts. Dennis, Steelers win ugly. Any takeaways regarding this offense? I think the Steelers need to spend all seven draft picks on offensive linemen. I don't care if they keep Haskins and, and uh, oh, who's that other douchebag? Mason Rudolph. Mason, Mason Rudolph. Rudolph. I, they can keep those two guys playing quarterbacks, spend seven picks on offensive linemen, and just hand the ball to Najee Harris. But they need – they've got wide receivers. They've got a good tight end. Uh, they've got a good running back, but they have no offensive line. and It's just – it's terrible. Terrible, terrible. Yeah, the Steelers' offense is really – They've gone from having some elite pieces you were excited to put in your lineup to, my God, I hope I get a decent floor from some of these elite pieces. No team has done more in terms of winning games with less on offense than Pittsburgh this year. Yeah, I'd have loved a better game from Deontay. But, you know, he I think him and Najee are really the only two you feel comfortable playing anyways. Uh, but I'm with you guys. I, mean, I, I still think they probably go quarterback, especially – with the fact that Big Ben is continually now, it seems like talking about this will be it for him in Pittsburgh, but they they need to massively improve that offensive line. The Texans beat the Jaguars 32-16. Matt Davis-Mills gets his first win. Thoughts on him moving forward? You know, I think uh, you know none of us was super high on Davis-Mills going into the season. He looked decent in his first stint. I think he's been pretty solid in his second stint. I don't you know, it seems like a stretch that he would be the guy. But, you know, if Houston doesn't see what they want in the quarterback market there, let's face it, Houston's in more than a probably one-off season rebuild. If they don't see what they want in the quarterback market, it might not be terrible to draft some other positions for value and roll another season with him because he's looked good. He's made the most out of Brandon Cooks, which is 
all you can ask for. He's done a lot of it with not much of an appreciable running game, not much talent, you know, offensively around them. I've been pretty impressed, I have to say. Yeah, I think Mills has earned the opportunity to compete for the job on a legitimate field. Um, and I'm a I'm a believer you build the team from the inside out. So spend some money, spend those draft picks the next year or two on offensive linemen, on defensive linemen, build it inside out, then add the quarterback because that's that's the model now with the salary cap. If you build it from the inside out and then add that elite quarterback to it, then you've got four, five years of rookie contract quarterback that you can try to compete and win. So I think Mills has played well enough to earn the opportunity. Uh, a little upgrade at the running back. Uh, you know, Brevin Jordan is coming on at tight end. Laramie Tunsil is held down left tackle. He's you know, been everything that uh, they thought that thought he would be when they traded for him. So let's uh, let's take the slow burn. Unfortunately for Cully, it's probably not going to end well for him. But I, I like what uh, Davis Mills is doing. This game is aging me very fast. Uh, just had a muff punt. All they had to do is go get. Oh my, good, my goodness. Yeah. So I actually just did. Um, I'm about to drop a mock draft episode on the Camps to Canton YouTube channel tonight. And I ran 20 mock drafts um, on. I went to uh, draftnetwork.com. They've got that mock draft tool that you can use on there. So uh, I went on there and just had, just ran random, just like three round drafts just to kind of do it. And the one quarterback that got drafted there in 85% of the drafts was Desmond Ritter in the second round. It's an intriguing spot for me because I do like Desmond Ritter. Right now, though, I'm with you guys. I don't know. It seems like they they want to move Watson. It looked like he was kind of close earlier this year. It feels like in the offseason they're going to move him. I don't know what free agent quarterback's going to want to come there. It seems like they're moving on from Tyrod. So I think they're going to stick with uh, – they're going to stick with Mills for now and see what happens in the uh, in the draft. I would not be surprised if they draft someone, though, to compete with him. Dennis, so maybe Urban Meyer wasn't the only problem in Jacksonville? I, I don't think anybody said Urban was the only problem in Jacksonville. The biggest problem, yes. The only problem, no. I mean, they had the first – they had the number one overall pick last year for a reason. Um, the, it's the, and then, you know, it was, so you go from urban Meyer, who is from all reports, not a great human being to Daryl Bevel, who from all we've seen is an average at best offensive mind. So, you know, Bevel isn't the answer to, to the problems with the actual offense, uh, you know, it's they've got they've got some they've got some fish to fry there. Yeah, and good news for them, they're back in in range to be the number one for all a pick again. I I think that you know we had circled it before. This is the week. Jets Jaguars was the battle of when. I actually think there's a decent chance the Jets are a better team and end up with the win. Jacksonville, I very caution. The Urban Meyer was the biggest problem for James Robinson 
who of course went back to being uh, good from a fantasy perspective. But there was a lot of people I saw that were like, Hey, fire up Trevor Lawrence. He's in for a huge day. And I'm like, ah, I'm not so sure. It's just not there. There's something that's not clicking. And they were talking about dumping all the offensive coaches before the urban Myers situation imploded. So I, I expect some sweeping changes and hopefully Matt makes it to the end of the show. I'm dying with every throw here, man. We need this game so bad. Yeah, I don't even remember what we were talking about. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, Urban Meyer. Yeah, he, I agree. He wasn't uh, the only problem, but he was a big problem. I, I feel we talked a lot about it. I mean, Daryl Bevel still coaches like we're in the 1970s. We're not in a ground pound kind of NFL anymore. We're just not. It really only works for the Tennessee Titans, kind of for the Patriots, although they air it out a little bit more with Mac Jones than I think we give them credit for. So they need to have a need a more passing attack in the offense, and I don't think they're going to get that with Bevel. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a big game this weekend. I'm really excited to not watch any of it and then just talk about it next week because I'm not interested in it whatsoever. Dennis, if you have been knocked out of the playoffs, what is a good way you could actually win money to tomorrow night with two games going on well it is it is crazy that we've got football eight of the well we're in a stretch of football eight out of ten days which is like you know talk about christmas so football fans i'm sure we all love an action-packed high-scoring nfl game but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl you'll be a winner once a single point is scored New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Bengals get a big win here over the Broncos with two teams vying for the playoffs, 15-2-10. Dennis, it was a tough day for Chase. Mixon gets banged up. Dennis, you did nail the call on Boyd, though, on Friday. Can he be a factor going forward? I, I think he can. I, I mean, my expectations for Boyd coming into the year were somewhere around wide receiver 25. Um I'm not sure exactly where he's at right now, but I feel like he's more like mid thirties, low thirties. So he's playing more on the, instead of the wide receiver two, three border, he's more on the wide receiver three, four. Uh, he's going to have some games like this and Burrow just, he's not a guy that is going to force feed one guy at any cost. He's going to try to find the open guy. And Boyd has been there, and he's consistent, and he covers a particular area of the field. Chase is their deep threat. He's a, he's an excellent deep threat, and he can do other things as well. Boyd is good in that short to intermediate range, 
uh, I think that if you, you know, you have to be ready. He he can pop off in great matchups, but occasionally Boyd is going to drop you a three point game, and you're just going to have to learn to live with that. Yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of teams are gravitating to Jamar Chase. I mean, he almost exclusively got Sertan yesterday, which is kind of pulling him out. I think all of the Bengals receivers could eat next week because they're going up against the Ravens. Chiefs have been a little bit tougher, and then they close with Cleveland. It's not an easy schedule, but I think the advantage for them is their weapons. What I found interesting, though, is somebody put a stat out today the Bengals are undefeated when Joe Burrow throws for less than 200 yards, which is a curious, um, curious stat that kind of almost makes you think, well, maybe they shouldn't throw too much. I think a lot of that probably speaks to just how good Joe Mixon's been this season. I mean, he he has been incredible. He's really been the crap yesterday. I would be very nervous uh, that when he got pulled down by Sertan there and didn't come back, I thought he blew his knee out. They said it was an ankle, but he oh. couldn't put weight on it going to the sideline. <sighs> yeah, thank you. But they didn't. Brian. They they said it was a just a normal ankle sprain, though, not a high ankle sprain. Well, that's for, good. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Matt, uh, Teddy gets hurt, ends up uh, in the hospital. I believe the tweets out today did say that he was good, stayed the night, but he should be good to to go home. So that's obviously good to see, especially with, with the way this weekend started out on Thursday night with Donald Parham. Uh, can they make a run into the playoffs, though, with Drew Locke? Yeah, I'm going to say I'm, I'm very glad Teddy Bridgewater is okay. Uh, that play when he went down, I thought he broke his neck. Um I guess he just knocked himself out, but he kind of awkwardly got flipped and went face first. I think uh, caution is the better part of valor. And if I'm Bridgewater and I'm the Broncos, I'm not throwing him out there a week later. I think he needs – I. this is his second concussion this season for Denver. I, I, those need to be taken seriously. On the flip side – I've been curious about Drew Locke, and uh, my day yesterday was an interesting day. If you if you track some of my tweets, uh, after that touchdown pass to Tim Patrick, I went and found the gif of the guy from South Park carrying his uh, testicles in front of him in a wheelbarrow, and then I posted on the public page uh, that I was ready to get hurt again, um, and two minutes later, he fumbled the ball. And I thought, well, shit. Um, can they make a run? I thought Drew Locke made some incredible plays yesterday, and he made some plays where I was like, dear God, please save me. Um, they're playing the Raiders. It's going to be an interesting game. But the last three for Denver is Raiders, Chargers, Chiefs. Um, it's not an easy stretch by any sense of the imagination. I'll be curious to see what he can do. He definitely plays a little more up-tempo, which is good if you have some of Denver's receivers. Um, but it's going to be a tough stretch for the Broncos. That was a brutal loss yesterday. Yeah, I mean, with uh, with Locke, you, he's definitely the more explosive Broncos quarterback. He's gonna He's got the arm. He's going to take the chances. But you have to be ready to uh, – Accept the mistakes. He he's you know he's got that Jameis thirty thirty potential. You know he might give you thirty touchdowns, but he's going to give you thirty turnovers, and it is what it is. You you learn to live with it and move on to the next play. Um, you know he'll head back to the sideline, rap along with some stadium music, and go back out there like nothing happened. So. 
God, I love Nick Chubb. I love Nick Chubb. Yeah, uh, Drew Locke, I think, is the perfect quarterback, though, to keep you in with the Chargers. And today, I can be a professional. Just, I just mean, whatever you do, don't post a gif of the guy with the balls. I, I'm not going posting down, anything. Because that's a, just putting you in, you know, right in range. Great thing that Karma. I'm doing this podcast because I'll be posting all kinds of stuff right now. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, you know, in all honesty, Locke is the kind of quarterback you want in those shootouts, though, right? Because he may throw a pick then he's willing to come right back out there and throw it into that same tight window. And this time he might complete it. So I'm interested to see what he does down this stretch. I think even if he gets him into the playoffs, he's likely not the quarterback of the future. They really seem to have kind of bailed on him there, but I do think they still have a shot to make it into the playoffs with him because he has the talent. The 49ers beat the Falcons 31 to 13. Matt, does Russell Gage have long-term value? Yeah, you know, I think he's shown this year he could be a decent number two receiver. Hopefully they get Calvin Ridley back. Hopefully Calvin Ridley is doing well and taking care of himself. I like what they have in Kyle Pitts. I think there are actually more pieces in this offense that are promising than we would have thought back in August. Yeah, I I agree. It's, you know, it's sad from the standpoint that we're clearly getting to the end of the road for Matt Ryan. They clearly need some offensive linemen. But I think Gage is, uh, and here's my my second reference, Gage is kind of a, a Jarvis Landry type of player. He's that short area guy is going to get open. And when you've got some, when you've got Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts on the outside and, and uh, Hayden Hurst at tight end, that you could be looking at, you know, a 90 catch season on the regular for him. He's probably not going to have a ton of touchdowns and he's probably not going to go over a thousand yards, but he's going to be productive in PPR leagues as a, as a wide receiver three. Yeah. I mean, obviously I think a lot of it's going to depend on who they end up bringing in at quarterback to replace Matt Ryan for the future. Again, I'm, I'm with Matt. Hopefully Calvin Ridley is able to come back and play, you know, his mental health is what matters the most, but if he does come back and play, I think he's clearly the number one in that offense. I imagine Kyle Pitts is going to step up and be something uh, eventually. So I think uh, Gage is more of probably eventually, like Kyle Pitts is having a fantastic year. I mean, everybody expected 1,500 catches and 12,000 yards no, with 182 I, touchdowns. So I just expected, I think it was 14 touchdowns with like 1,300 yards. Just the greatest tight end season of all time. Still have three games. Still have three games. I don't think it was unreasonable. He's just got to throw it 400 yards a game. You know, this podcast has answered the question of, did did we make a mistake by not doing live broadcast during NFL games? Yes, this is horrible. I'm I'm sweating profusely, and it's not hot here. It's I am not okay. I just if this goes badly, they're wasting a lot of clock right here. I love it. Uh, but Derek Carr always got to do is one drive, and he can. I said, go Nick Chubb, go. Let's go. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not muted for that either. All right, we got. Don't you dare call that back. We've got the lead, baby. This isn't. This is. This is awesome. All right. So, anyways. Oh God, there is a flag on the play. Great, fantastic. It's going to be holding on the offense, isn't it? Dennis, what role does Wilson have when Mitchell comes back? Wilson have when Mitchell comes to see what game are we on again? Jeff Wilson uh, for oh. the Forty Niners. Um, I think uh, Pico Wilson. Pico Wilson. <laughs> I think it's it's to frustrate Mitchell managers by getting too many opportunities and vulture touchdowns. That's Jeff Wilson's role. Uh, I, 
you know, Wilson is a reliable guy. I think he's one of the those guys that is going to have a a role. Um, but we've seen sort of what Elijah Mitchell can do and how well he fits in the Shanahan offense. So I'm comfortable with, you know, it being a 65-35 kind of split, 65-25-10 split. So Mitchell can be very productive with that. So, Yeah, you know, so we've seen the 49ers in the past use more than one back as long as their name wasn't Trey Sermon. Um, so Wilson's also a guy that they liked last year. We thought Wilson could potentially be contending um, for a spot, uh, you know, going into the season before he had the injury. I think he's played well enough and they're probably going to want to protect Mitchell a little bit. Who's not the biggest guy who's gotten injured a couple of times. I think there's going to be more of a rotation, which probably limits the ceiling for both. Yeah, I, I agree, especially because the 49ers still have a chance to make the playoffs, right? So I don't know that they want... Oh, they're 8-6. and six. They seem to be yeah. pretty solidly in there in the NFC field right now. And, I mean, as you mentioned, Matt, I mean, it really kind of felt like coming into the season, it was going to be like a battle between Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. Had Jeff Wilson not got hurt, you know, oh, come on, Dearness, that's... Oh, my God, seriously. It's just disappointing. Uh, I do think that they will go back to some kind of committee if Mitchell is at least able to play here moving forward. The Packers beat the Ravens 31-230. Dennis, Packers win the NFC North. Are they the team to beat in the NFC? Well, I think the uh, the Cardinals are kind of like last year's Steelers. And the, while they went, what, 11-0 and and then lost a bunch, I don't think they're going to um, – go on a losing streak quite like uh, the Steelers did last year. But the Packers, I think, uh, are clearly better than the Cardinals, especially with the, the injuries the Cardinals have, have had. Uh, and now with the top three weapons in Tampa missing somewhere between one game and the end of the season, um, it's a uh, – they're, they're, I think Tampa, uh, Green Bay – has the edge on Tampa as well. So I give, I, I think Green Bay is going to end up getting the buy. Yeah. Before yesterday's slate of games, I thought Tampa Bay, because of their schedule down the stretch, was going to end up winning out and end up getting that one seed and be the team to be. Green Bay looked really, uh, really good at times. I think they've survived their schedule with Tampa Bay's injuries and kind of the performance last night gave me pause. I think Green Bay probably does end up getting that top seed. That touchdown Nick, didn't help anybody but the Browns. Nick Mullins, QB1, baby. That is not true. I started Harrison Bryant somewhere. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. I love it. Uh, yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he's the GOAT. Uh, I picked them to win the Super Bowl this year. I, I think they're – they're I, as long as they keep winning out, they're easily going to be the one seed. I don't – oh, man, I messed my camera up. I didn't even realize that. I'm all sideways now. Apologies. Uh, I don't see any way that they lose. I mean, they get the Browns next weekend. I, I, I've been staying all along. I thought the Packers are going to win that in Lambeau on Christmas Day. So they likely have the number one seed. And I've been saying I had I was in on them over Tampa Bay. Uh, I think Green Bay is the team to be for sure. Uh, Matt, the Ravens go for two and miss against the second game that they could have just taken the extra point and possibly taken this to overtime to get the win. 
Uh, what do you think of the call? And how about Tyler Huntley, uh, the only Ravens quarterback uh, to rush for two touchdowns and pass for two touchdowns? Yeah, I think we were wrong about Huntley. Um, he's been very impressive. He was impressive coming off the bench. He was even more impressive in the start. I like what I've seen. I actually think if you uh, are somebody that rosters Lamar Jackson, you should be picking up Huntley now because that would be a perfectly great fill-in. Uh, I love what he's done with Mark Andrews too. Um, he knows where his bread is buttered in that sense. The going for two, I, I heard John Harbaugh's explanation. I get being aggressive. I think they're really worried about their defense. They've done it against teams that they, they were worried they weren't going to be able to come back and beat, but that is two pretty tough losses, and that this game in particular dropped them out of first place in their division and actually dropped them out of the playoffs entirely. I think by the end of the day, Baltimore probably gets into the playoffs still, but they have not been good in their own division, and they still have two potential division losses lined up down here. So it was a, it was a bad beat. Go for the win. When, when you're down there and, and, and you know your defense is struggling – You've got to, you've got to try to close it out. Uh, it, I, I think that the the hard part about the the difference between this one and the one with Lamar was that there were there were other people open. Andrews was covered pretty well. Uh, Hollywood Brown was was quite open in the end zone for that conversion, uh, but Huntley would have had to make a perfect throw, and he just didn't quite get there. I I like. What Huntley's doing, if if I'm Baltimore, I'm going to try to hold on to him. Uh, he's because he plays the same style of game as Lamar, and you know there's nothing worse than watching a team have their backup quarterback come in and he can't do it. It, it isn't that he doesn't know the plays; it's that he just isn't physically capable of doing what those plays need. And I think Huntley can do a lot of what Lamar does from the from the running uh, side of the game. And he's, he's a, a all, by all accounts so far, he's a pretty good passer. Uh, it, it baffles me as to why he wasn't invited to the combine or uh, drafted. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you guys. I, I have no issue with him going for the win because had they completed it and beaten the Packers, everybody would be talking about what a ballsy call that was and great for Jim Harbaugh to go out there and just go get the win. Everybody second guesses it when you don't get it. I'm all for it. If it doesn't work out, no, as Matt mentioned, Matt, you mentioned they still probably get in the playoffs. This team is not the Ravens of old with that really good defense and Lamar, even Lamar dealing with injuries and everything this year. He he's not been quite the guy that we've seen the past couple of years. So I don't think John Harbaugh has any like illusions of what this team is or is, and I think that he was going for the win. It was a good call on his part. Uh, I am so glad that I went to see Spider Man last night and didn't have to watch this snooze fest. But the Saints win nine to nothing, Matt. Uh, huge win for the Saints. Are they a playoff threat? Yeah, just a huge, a huge win. Um, puts them back to seven and seven. 
They're they're closing three games. They have Miami next week, and that's going to be a fascinating matchup of two seven and seven teams in different conferences that are both trying to scrap their way to the playoffs. But then they close with the Panthers and the Falcons. We talked about those teams are fading down a little bit. Prior to the season, I thought the Saints could end up nine and eight. I think nine and eight is probably good enough to get you in in the NFC. I think last night was the crucial win that they probably need, especially since those NFC East teams that are competing are all kind of playing against each other and you figure they're going to split some games and all hurt each other and I just can't bring myself to trust the Vikings you know after the Saints kind of after losing Jameis losing Michael Thomas losing uh, uh, Kamara for a few games they have just kind of packed a lunch and went to work and they're grinding and they're pushing hard and they're just fighting through everything that's going on right now. And, you know, Taysom Hill was fantasy quarterback 20 yesterday. And after being able to run a bunch, he, uh, oh, interception. So I'm significantly behind you. Um, Apologies. Apologies. (laughs) I was trying to contain my excitement. Oh, you can't. Don't try. Don't try. Gives me something to look forward to. But, I, you know, the Saints, are their defense is playing really well. Davenport has come on. Cam Jordan is, is playing really well. We we saw Marcus Lattimore or Marshawn Lattimore do it again with Mike Evans last night. I, honestly, I, I wish Lattimore needs to figure out how to guard everybody like that because for whatever reason, he's got Mike Evans' number, and it, it just is baffling that that, uh, you know, while he's generally really good, he's virtually unstoppable against Evans. Yeah, I um, I do think a lot of the the injuries kind of affected this, but the Saints have had a good defense. You know, Taysom Hill struggled a little bit in this one just from, from the highlights that I saw there. But, yeah, I agree with what, what you guys are saying. They probably are playoff bound. and Not what I thought we'd be saying about the Saints after what we saw from them earlier in the year. On the Buccaneers side here, Dennis, Brady can't get past the Saints. Uh, Your thoughts on that? It looks like Godwin is out. He is confirmed out for the year. A torn ACL, which is just brutal, especially this late in the year. How does that impact the Buccaneers? Well, they're getting Antonio Brown back, so I don't – I think on a one-for-one switch, I I feel like it's it's moot. It doesn't doesn't change anything. And if if nothing else, I think – Brady might ha- actually have a better connection with Antonio Brown. Uh, and he's got a pretty good connection with Chris Godwin. So that, that I think, ends up being a wash. Uh, they listed uh, Evans as week-to-week with the hamstring, and they said, well, he's got a chance to play. No, he doesn't. I'd be very surprised if Evans is out there Saturday because week to week is typically meaning you're going to miss at least one week. Day to day means you've got a shot to play the next week. So I don't think Evans will be out there next week. Last night, we, we saw some guys, Jalen Darden, Scotty Miller, and Tyler Johnson, all have an opportunity to step up, and I don't think any of them did. So if it, it comes down to you know playoff Ronnie, is going to have to make an appearance and and get the get the uh, the Bucks running game going. 
you know, I don't know. Is is Bernard out out or is he just on the COVID? He's on IR. Okay. So Keyshawn, because Keyshawn Vaughn, I'm going to put him in the same category as Tyler Johnson, Jalen Darden, and Scotty Miller. Those four guys last night just didn't step up. And it, it was it was too bad, actually. Yeah, it has been amazing that the Saints have been Brady's kryptonite. I know they got past him in that playoff game to get to the Super Bowl, but it's been fascinating, these regular season games. Most of them haven't even been close. I know it was only 9 nothing, but you didn't really feel like Tampa Bay had a chance last night. I think the loss of Godwin is going to be bigger going into the playoffs. I am in the camp where I think they were they were seriously considering releasing Antonio Brown. Uh, before that Godwin injury, as as uh, their coach said, I, I agree things, with you there. Things have changed. I agree that they were probably going to release him, but yeah, they've got they him got, now. Yeah. Now, you know, yeah, they're, and, they're not. It's not everybody is quote unquote saints in the NFL. And hopefully, uh, you know, we can see Gronk step up a little bit because he had a pretty unimpressive game last night as well. Dennis Christmas is right around the corner. Tell us where we can get some fantasy football roundtable merchandise. Well, at viridianglobal.com, you can order your fantasy football roundtable merchandise, snapback hats, trucker hats, T-shirts, my favorites, the hoodies, the three-quarter sleeve raglans. Uh, Get 10% off with the code roundtable at viridianglobal.com slash collections. Click on the fantasy football roundtable. Place your order. Use code Roundtable for ten percent off. I can't wait. Right. Next next week, I'm going to be rocking some of that Roundtable wear. All right, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about some Week 15 waiver wire targets. All roster percentages are courtesy of Fantasy Pros. At quarterback, you got Jimmy G at thirty point four percent and Tyler Huntley at three point eight. You are muted. Jimmy G's been on fire lately, and San Francisco has been going pretty good. I think he's actually a reasonable play for sure in Superflex, but last week I would have rolled him in a you know standard 12-team league. I had him top 12. I like what they're doing. They have a pretty decent schedule. And I said earlier, I think Huntley is a guy I'm definitely picking up if I've got Lamar Jackson, but I might just pick him up anyway because who knows with that kind of ankle injury how Lamar is going to fare. Yeah, I, I'm – I think Jimmy's playing really, really well. And with uh, if they get when are, are they supposed to get Mitchell back soon? Did he? Yeah, he was close. He was close this okay. week. He's got a concussion. He's trying to come back from. So if Mitchell ends up coming back, he's going to take the majority of the the running game uh, back. And Debo goes back to wide receiver. We we've seen Debo killing it at wide receiver all season. So. I think that bodes well for for Jimmy G. He's he's playing really really well. He's playing well enough that I think people who were kind of calling for him to be jettisoned this off season and give the reins over to uh, Trey Lance are, are kind of starting to do the you know maybe maybe we'll just take one more year and let the kid learn a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I, I I and I agree with you on Huntley. He should be rostered too. All right, at running back, we have Craig Reynolds at 8.1% and Duke Johnson at 1.4. I, you know, I I've, I made my my feelings about Duke known a little bit earlier. Uh, 
it all comes down to what kind of space do you have on your roster? If you've got a hole in your roster and you can add a running back that might potentially get playing time, then you're going to add them. Uh, I don't think Swift comes back. And I'm curious to see how things work out with uh, Reynolds and Jamal Adams when Adams comes back. If, if Reynolds can hold him off and still get, you know, 15 carries a game, then I think Reynolds is definitely worth somebody you want to add and probably play in a flex. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think we're leaning toward DeAndre Swift being done for the year. Um, and I like Craig Reynolds. I think even when Jamal Williams is back, he's going to have a role. He's the one I'm going for first. I just am not trusting the Miami rotation quite yet. At wide receiver, we've got Amon Ross St. Brown at 26.5 and Gabriel Gabriel Davis at 15.6 and Braxton Berrios, my goodness, at one. <laughs> I'm taking Amon Ross St. Brown at the top of that list. I love what he's doing for Detroit. And then I actually like Gabe Davis. I think he could be a sneaky play down here. I'm staying away from Berrios. Yeah, Berrios is, is somebody I, I really, you know, he's the Berrios you don't want to play unless Crowder is uh, not playing. Um, and Davis, man, I, it, I I hope he can step up and be be consistent. Right now, that's really the thing with, with Davis is uh, being a consistent scorer. If he gets enough targets, then, uh, you know, he's definitely worth it. Uh, so it's, it's Amon Ross St. Brown all the way. All right, so that will do it for us today. Again, still three games in the books right now. Matt and myself will be back on Wednesday to recap those three games, possibly talk a little bit of Spider-Man and preview the Thursday night football game. And just for a little housekeeping issue or note, we will be live on Thursday to preview all of the games for Week 16 so we can enjoy the Christmas holiday with our family. So everybody, good luck tonight, and we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Over the tackle of the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can.